Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. I hope you all had a great end to 2023 and are off to a great start in 2024. As I mentioned in last week's episode, we are going to kick off 2024 by getting caught up on all the news. And guess what? There wasn't a whole lot to get caught up on. So the main segment of the show is going to be focused on looking ahead to 2024. Joining me for that is Game Informer's Wesley LeBlanc. Wes, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to take on the new year. Yeah, we did have a bit of an extended break. Uh, we didn't have hardly any new releases and uh, i'm assuming you like me had a decent amount of free time did you end Mm -hmm. up playing anything during the last couple of weeks yeah i played a lot i um uh let's see i started with uh final fantasy crisis core was like my big backlog completion because i wanted to beat that before uh, rebirth comes out in february Mm -hmm. um i went straight from crisis core into the intermission dlc of final fantasy remake because i had been holding off on it um, to kind of bridge my excitement to Rebirth, and I felt now was the time. And then I decided to play Final Fantasy 16's Echoes of the Fallen DLC. So I am um, currently Final Fantasy sicko mode. You're Mr. Final Fantasy. Yes, yeah, that's the moniker I'm trying to get in the uh, games media industry. And uh, <laughs> I think I need to play a, a good bit more, but I'm on my way. Yeah, I mean, well, you didn't write the cover story. That was that was me because uh, you know we that's just the way it all panned out. Yeah. But you did write our Final Fantasy 16 cover story. You reviewed Final Fantasy 16. You're playing through all of the Final Fantasy 7 content that you can. Mm-hmm. And I believe you're probably going to be the one that ends up reviewing Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth for us. So you are well on your way to establishing yourself as uh, Mr. Final Fantasy, in yeah. uh, at least a Game Informer, that's for sure. Advent Children's coming back to theaters later this month, I think. Which Might try to hit that thing. up. I know. I actually have never seen Advent Children. It's like my one Final Fantasy VII um, hole, I guess, because I've done everything else. And I'm toying with the idea of playing Dirge of Cerberus, although I'm pretty sure it's unnecessary. And I don't remember liking it, so I don't know if I need to like damage my vision of Final Fantasy VII right before Rebirth. But What is the most um, the easiest way to play Dirge of Cerberus? Is it just like PSP? Um, legally, Vita, yes. Whatever it was. Something, one of those types of systems. Um, my Steam Deck, I have, I own a copy of Dirge of Cerberus and I legally, uh, created a version to play on my Steam Deck legally. Legally. Okay. As long as it's legally. So (laughs) (laughs) you actually touched on something that I like, did you get any presents or anything that was like tech related? Cause I, I lucked out this, this holiday season in terms of like bolstering my technology that I own in particular gaming and entertainment technology. But before I talk about what I did, did you get anything uh, added to your your repertoire? No, funny enough, uh, games and technology is like the one area that friends and family don't really uh, mess around with when it comes to getting me gifts because I am, well, one, with my job, like, I, you know, we get a lot of codes for games and we play a lot of games in general. So, like, it's rare that I, I have a game I haven't picked up yet, um, yeah. whether I'm playing it for work or just because I got code for it and I have it. Um, and then technology, I'm very picky with my technology purchases because they cost a lot of money. So I do a lot of research into them and I kind of do those myself. So that's like something my, the people that know me like never get me is tech or game stuff. So I did not get any this year, which is fine, but I got lots of books and and nice cards and stuff like that. So um, it all evens out. What about you though? So I just before this, so I threw it, I tweeted this out that like the best way to frame it is through a combination of sales 
gifts and rewards point redemptions from my credit card, I now have, over the last two weeks, acquired an Xbox Series X, which I just had the Series S before, mm. a Steam Deck OLED, Ooh. and AirPod Maxes, which are the Ooh. over-the-head headphones yeah. from Apple, which the sound quality and the, the noise cancellation is phenomenal on that. I've only done one flight with them uh, because my parents actually got those for me for Christmas. And uh, so I, I, I listened to podcasts and music on the flight home and it was night and day like i have the airpod pros or i've had those for about two years they've been like the thing that i listen to when i'm when i'm usually traveling but this is definitely going to be my new travel companion alongside with the steam deck oled i'm very excited for yeah to to have both of those kind of able to to make my flights a little bit better because I traveled nonstop in 2023 and 2024, yeah. I have two trips in, in January. So it's uh, it doesn't look like it's slowing down all that much, but. So you like yeah. the maxes. I, I've had the AirPod pros for a while now, like two or three years. And I've, I've been tempted to get the maxes as well for travel and stuff and planes, but the price tag is always like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But you know, it was one of those these- things. It was one of those things where I went to an Apple store and I was like, let me try these out because I love the AirPod Pros. The original AirPods, I had nothing but technical issues with. Like I thought they were cool, mm-hmm. but they just constantly had connection problems. They Apple even replaced one of the AirPods that wasn't connecting because it happened very early on. So it was still under warranty. And mm-hmm. then the other one happened like just outside of warranty. So I eventually ended up just buying the AirPod Pros because I heard better things about them. I've had better luck with those, even though sometimes the case doesn't really charge all that well. Yeah. And then uh, the Max has so far been great. I, it was one of those things where I was just like, I tried it out at the Apple store and I was like, well, I don't know if I'll ever buy these for myself. So I, I you know, waited for a time when like somebody was looking for an excuse to spend money on me. And yeah. that was uh, that was the answer that I gave. And nice. I did not expect it. I did not expect them to spend that, but they uh, they did. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Shout out mom and dad. Shout out mom and dad. Uh, but yeah, so that was my uh, that was my holiday haul. Even though uh, you know it wasn't all gifts, it was also me. I, I was saving up rewards points to get the Xbox Series X, and then uh, you know they dropped it by a hundred dollars, and also it was on sale for fifty dollars off. So I had like four hundred and eighty dollars worth of rewards points saved up, and then it dropped down to three fifty. And I'm like, well, now's the time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I saw there was like a lot of good deals for the Series X. Like the one that comes with Diablo 4 was like mega cheap. And I think over the break, like Costco had the Series S for like 150 bucks, oh which my is gosh. wild. Yeah, I did not see that. I, I'm now the uh, the arduous task of saving those rewards points back up in the yeah. event that a new Switch console comes out in uh, 2024 has begun. Because, I mean, thankfully, I, I saved a little bit by waiting for this sale to hit where it was $350 instead of 500 yeah, but yeah, that, that's my plan now for those rewards points, which transitions us perfectly into this episode. Uh, like I said, not a whole bunch of news from the last few weeks, but uh, you know, we did get a few smaller things. And here is a news story I didn't think we would be covering in 2024, but there was a game in 2016 called Super Mario Run. Wes, did you play this game when it came out? I did, yeah. Um, not much because I didn't. I was one of the people that didn't feel like spending ten dollars, but I did play it. Okay, I, I played a lot of it. I know Kyle Hilliard, like he became like a not a speedrunner, but he was like putting up amazing times in the Mario Run levels hmm. and amazing scores. I think he one hundred percented it, like getting all the collectible coins and everything. Uh, 
I thought we were done with this game personally. Like I, I moved on. I think almost everybody had moved on. Nintendo yeah. seemed to move on. But now we have a, uh, oh, by the way, for the people who were not uh, aware of what this game was or weren't around when this game hit, it was a mobile game that Nintendo put out. It started out as an iPhone exclusive and eventually I think came to Android. But we got an update and Super Mario Brothers Wonder themed. Yeah. And uh, what was the main new addition in that game? New Super Mario Brothers Run, Wes? The Wonder Seed. That's right. And that's what they added in this uh, title update. So it happens uh, that, like in Toad Rally, which is another, I think that was a post-launch update that Mario Run got. They, they were doing updates for a while with Mario Run, but then they eventually trailed off and seemed to stop supporting it altogether. But then here we are. Uh, you can find a Wonder Flower in the level and then that transforms all the coins in the stage into gold Goombas. And then mm. if you defeat 50 gold Goombas, you get a stamp. And if you collect 20 stamps, you can get in-game cosmetics to decorate your plaza. I remember that was like a big incentive for doing a bunch of stuff is you'd get like new buildings and new statues and everything you could decorate your plaza with. And it seems like now they're expanding that with like additional in-game items. Like there's like It's like gold Goomba themed. So... I'm guessing they're going to be able to keep expanding on this, adding different things that happen when you get wonder flowers. But I, I bet like they're kind of handcuffed by the, the existing engine and everything. Cause it's a presumably a different system altogether than what super Mario brothers wonder uses. But this event runs until March 14th. And I think I know your answer when I ask you if you're going to check it out because you didn't <laughs> even spend the $10 when it was at the height of its popularity. But yeah, I'm guessing you're um, not going to check it out. No, if anything, I would just go play more Wonder because I still need to 100% it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good game, believe it or not. Um, it is, yeah, I agree. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to check it out either. Uh, it only goes till March 14th. So I guess if you want to check it out, if you already dropped the 10 bucks, go uh, go play the Super Mario Brothers Wonder themed event in Super Mario Run. Uh, but here's another one. Would you play a Mario Maker style Zelda game? I would. I would try it out at least. I probably wouldn't be too good at it. Well, did you ever check out the dungeon creation tools in Link's Awakening Remake? I didn't. I have owned Link's Awakening Remake since it came out, and I have not played it yet. Um, I keep telling myself I will, um, and alas. Yeah, that, that's been my experience with it as well. I put in probably about five hours of it, and then I just kind of got distracted with other stuff. Need to go back to that. Um, but this news story comes to us from Polygon by way of Nintendo Life is where I found it. And I guess it was two or three weeks ago now, I recapped my interview with the Tears of the Kingdom developers on this very show. And since then, a few other outlets have published their interviews with them. And Polygon was one of the outlets that had an interview with Eiji Aonuma and Hidemaru Fujibayashi. And they asked them about the possibility of doing a Zelda maker. And here's what Eiji Aonuma had to say, quote, there are people who want the ability to create from scratch, but that's not everyone. I think everyone delights in the discovery of finding your own way through a game, and that is something we tried to make sure was included in Tears of the Kingdom. There isn't one right way to play. If you are a creative person, you have the ability to go down that path, but that's not what you have to do. You're also able to perceive proceed through the game in many other different ways. And so I don't think that it would be a good fit for the legend of Zelda to necessarily require people to build things from scratch and force them to be creative. So what is, I mean, how, first of all, what is your reaction to his assessment of that? Um, I think it's fair. And he's all like, I, I get where he's coming from, but it is weird to just be like, 
to take that creative like the the community will be creative and it's weird to just be like we're not even going to let them try but i also get like the protectiveness over it and i do agree with him to an extent but like i don't know why not try yeah i mean that's the thing is that like nintendo gave us super mario maker and super mario maker 2 and i know mario maker 2 seemed to like kind of not sell as well as they hoped which is a surprise to me because it seemed like almost every Switch version of a Wii U title has just done gangbusters. And the ability to make your own Mario levels and also download infinite Mario levels from the internet just seems like it would be a no-brainer hit. But I don't know what it was about Mario Maker 2 that just didn't seem to get the reception and the the sales that Nintendo was hoping for. But you know, the thing about Mario Maker is you don't have to be creative if you don't want to. You can just play the levels that Nintendo creates and and includes with the game and then download the levels from the internet so you don't necessarily have to be creative the the real fun is in sharing your creations or downloading other people's creations i do wonder though like as a fit for the franchise of zelda like mario is about going left to right you know uh, reaching the end of a level and that's all that mario maker is whereas zelda is not just about dungeons um like dungeons are like key points in the game that you reach after doing such and such so I do wonder how fun or how boring a game would get if it's just dungeon after dungeon after dungeon without like any of the overworld exploration or like NPCs to talk to and stuff. Um, like I could see that getting, uh, I don't know, a little stale. And then also like, is that a $70 or $60 game? If I don't know. Um, I mean, it might not just be dungeons, right? Like you could potentially like the first thing I immediately come to when it's like, when I make Mario maker levels, I, I try to do like different concepts. And like, I did one that was like a speed run level. I did one that was like a Sonic style, not speed run level, but like branching pathways. Um, and then also I recreated 3d Mario levels in 2d. So like I recreated like the first two or three worlds of super Mario 64 in Mario maker two. And yeah stuff like that would be hugely fun for me with like having the ability to like recreate Ocarina of time in like the link to the past style would be so cool for me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's fair. But I, does Nintendo want people doing that? You know, yeah. that's a, it's a little different than making a brand new Mario level. Um, although did people did make like entire, basically entire Mario games. I know what was it like super Mario world two was a really popular download in one of the Mario makers. I forget who did it. It was, Maybe Game Explain or somebody like that. They created basically like a Super Mario World 2. Um, well, they already did. Nintendo already created Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but <clears throat> but yeah, no uh, no Zelda maker, it sounds like, uh, which is, I don't know. It, it's expected, but also kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them try other franchises with the maker. What is What franchise do you think would work best with maker outside of Mario? maybe metroid like uh, specifically like a 2d version where you can look at like the final you can look at the map and like place rooms on it um and then like connect them and then you can place like enemies in the rooms and stuff i feel like that would be easy um especially i wish like i I, when i for some reason when i think of these types of games i'm like man i wish we still had the the ds because they feel so much easier with the stylus and you can just grab and click them right onto the screen. But um, yeah, I think Metroid probably for me of Nintendo's franchises. That's a good pick. I, I thought of Kirby, which would just be maybe be too close to Mario maker. Mm. But then I thought of Mario Kart 
and being able to yeah. just design your own tracks would be a super cool thing. But uh, we'll see if that ever happens. I, I, mean, I feel like if they're not going to do Zelda, they're definitely not going to do Mario Kart. Mario Kart is Nintendo's like bread and butter now. That's still, yeah. yeah, it's number one on Switch. Yeah. Oh, by a long um, shot. Yeah, it destroys yeah, everything else on the sales almost. charts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Nintendo had a huge adaptation last year in the Super Mario Brothers movie. They announced the Zelda movie. And, uh, you know, later this year, we're going to have a Borderlands movie. We're going to have Sonic the Hedgehog 3. We're going to have a Knuckles TV show starring Idris Elba. We're going to have a whole bunch of other stuff. Sonic Prime's Season 3 is coming to Netflix. But we got some news about another video game movie, and it's uh, from Deadline and also Jack Black because he posted it on his Instagram. <laughs> but uh, it's Deadline is reporting that Jack Black will play Steve in the upcoming Minecraft movie. And then, like I said, Jack Black posted a picture of himself reading up on Minecraft, like lore and like the basics of Minecraft. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing that's him tell- saying that he doesn't know anything about this. He is just joining because his work on Mario was very popular. So uh, apparently Jason Momoa is also on the cast. I did not see that information before this. Yeah. I, did, I mean, maybe I was also kind of ignorant to the fact that we were getting a Minecraft movie in general. Yeah, there's actually a lot of history with this movie. It goes as far back to like 2016, I think. Sean Levi, who I think did either Deadpool 1 or Deadpool 2, um, was set to direct it, and it was going to be live action. Um, and then he backed out, and Rob McElhenney from McElhenney. It's Always... McElhenney, yeah, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, signed on to direct it. Um, and then it was in the works, uh, updates coming out in 2019, and then it got delayed, and then COVID happened, um, kind of went quiet. And then I think in like 2021 or 2022, Warner Bros. and Legendary uh, Pictures said that they're making a live-action Minecraft movie, kind of picking up the pieces from what they'd been trying to do for the past six or seven years. Um, and Jared Hess is directing it, who did uh napoleon dynamite and um nacho libre so uh jack black yeah, makes jack a, black connection yeah yeah it makes a pretty good fit and i think the first news we got of it other than jared hess and it coming out is the jason momoa he's starring in it um which is w- interesting because steve is like the cover art character of minecraft and deadlines reporting that steve is being played by jack black um the official trades have said have confirmed that Jack Black's in the movie, but none of them, other than Deadline, has touched on the Steve thing, and neither has Jack Black. Um, not to say Deadline's wrong; they're often right. Um, just officially, all we know is that he's in the movie, uh, but Deadline sources are saying Steve. Um, but yeah, this has been like a long time coming, and it's set for theaters in 2025, basically. So yeah, ten April years in the making. Yeah, it, coming April out 4th, in 2025. We should, I mean, theoretically, we should be seeing a lot more about it soon. They're filming like this month in uh, New Zealand. So maybe a trailer by the end of the year. Yeah. And also like Jack Black, uh, maybe this is, is this even going to be live action? Could it be? Yeah, no, it's live action, which is, I don't even, yeah, I don't know why you make a Minecraft movie live action. I don't even know what that looks like. Unless it's like a Lego movie type thing where there's like a live action element meta narrative going on and then most of the movie takes place in Minecraft, like a cube world or something. Or maybe it's like a Gran um, Turismo movie type thing. Which, by the way, I saw <laughs> yeah. Gran Turismo over the holiday break. I thought it was really good, despite being a thinly veiled commercial for a Gran Turismo 7. Well, it's based on a true story. It is, but like it's also updated for like they're playing Gran Turismo 7 instead of whatever the original nice. yeah. game that he, the, the guy was playing was. 
but I mean, I've really enjoyed the movie. It just, it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely like a commercial that Sony, it's like the most expensive commercial that has ever been made for yeah. a video game. I mentioned um, the true story thing because I think like a week or two into its theatrical release, they changed the name of it to be Gran Turismo based on a true story. Like oh, really? that's in the tagline. Yeah. And yeah, now if you I, look up the movie, it's that's the official title, which is really weird. Is it on Netflix or Amazon or something now? So I, I recommend checking it out. If It's not a traditional video game adaptation like Mario was where it's like actually these characters. It's just a guy who plays Gran Turismo so well that he gets recruited to be a real race car driver. And then uh, tries to tries his hand at translating his skills at being like a world class Gran Turismo player to being a world class race car driver. And it's it's a it's a good story and it has David Harbor from Stranger Things. Yeah, Orlando Bloom too from Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings, obviously. Yeah. Cast a uh, great acting and a heartfelt story. Recommend that. So back to this story though. <laughs> Jack Black, he's in a lot of video game movies. Like he's in the upcoming yeah. Borderlands movie as well. As, as Claptrap too, like another star character. Claptrap, he's Mario, or he's Bowser in Mario. And then he's uh, apparently, reportedly Steve. So he, yeah. he's playing a lot of the most iconic video game characters of all time. I don't blame uh, Warner Bros. and Legendary. Like Jack Black, I mean, he, he was a great casting for Bowser and he crushed it. But like Jack Black is responsible for a lot of the legs of that movie beyond the Mario name. Like the the entire year he was singing Peaches on Kelly Clarkson's show at Jonas Brothers concerts, showing up to award shows in like a Bowser costume. Like he, I, I'm sure part of it is they know that Jack Black will do whatever to get word out about this Minecraft movie. And he'll do it in a very comedic and charming way because he's a very charming guy. Do you think that we get another song from Jack Black in this one? I've already heard a very bad AI version of Peaches, but he's saying Creepers instead of Peaches. Uh. So I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be some musical element. I mean, you don't hire Jack Black, who I think sings in every movie he's in, as far back as School of Rock in my memory, uh, without giving him a song to sing. He's great at it. He can probably do it off the top of his head. Um, let him do his thing. But yeah. don't make it Creepers. Also, I don't. a song about Creepers doesn't translate as well as Peaches. No, it does not. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Minecraft set to hit theaters on April 4th, 2025. I'm sure we'll have some more news about that and uh, as 2024 rolls on, because that's probably going to be one of the bigger movies uh, as far as box office numbers is concerned, uh, as long as it doesn't look like total garbage uh, in the first yeah. half of 2025. But all right, Snow uh, South Park Snow Day. You know about this game? Yeah, I have seen it. I don't like the way it looks, but I'm interested. I don't like the way it looks either, but it is a South Park, an all-new <laughs> South Park game. It's a 3D co-op action game from THQ Nordic, and it has a release date now. So you can customize a new kid, and then you can also uh, interact with the standard characters, Cartman, Stan, Kyle, all those characters. Upgradable weapons and special abilities to have up to three friends or bots on your team in these these encounters. There's hordes of enemies, unique bosses. Uh, it's coming to Switch and other platforms on March 26th, so right around the corner here. But yeah, this looks kind of like a uh, B or C tier South Park game, whereas like you know the uh, the Stick of Truth and the Fractured But Whole were kind of like that A tier uh, level of of gaming. This this maybe looks like it could be like that. We're, we're saying how like the, the double A game yeah. has kind of disappeared from the industry. This looks like maybe the, the return of the double A game. 
Yeah, I'm curious how much. Um, what's the the the, the dudes behind South Park? I forget their Matt, names. Matt and Trey. Yeah, like because they wrote uh, the first two. I wonder if I, I imagine they didn't write this one, or were they probably weren't as intimately involved in development. Um, and I wonder if that's going to like show through because uh, I haven't seen much about this game. Whereas Fractured Butthole and um, Stick of Truth, they were like everywhere. Those were big deals. I remember seeing them like during commercials playing during South Park. Um, but this yeah, game I'm, I have not seen much about. I'm, not, I'm on the official website right now and I'm not seeing a whole lot in terms of like mentioning the original creators of South Park. And that seems like they would lead with that on the uh, the promotional stuff here. I wonder if they even voice them. I mean, Cartman and like those characters have been around for so long that I'm sure there's so many people who can do great impressions. Um, You'd think them. that they, it would be weird to have them voiced by anybody else, right? It would, but uh, THQ Nordic, um, you know, they seem to make, this seems like a double A game. So I don't know if you're hiring Matt and Trey to, it, to do this. It does say from South Park Digital Studios, the studio that brought you South Park the Stick of Truth and South Park the Fractured Butthole and South Park Phone Destroyer comes the next chapter in the journey of the new kid. So it's apparently the, the huh. same character from those games. Okay, cool. Phone Destroyer. What is Phone Destroyer? That was a mobile version. That was like uh, a mobile game okay. that they put out, I think, 2021. Hmm. I will say the the gameplay looks interesting at least. Like I do, I loved the gameplay of the first two, uh, especially Stick of Truth. Um, but like I think it's cool that to do like a Diablo style action RPG for this. Um, I just don't really like the 3D visuals of South Park, whereas the first two games nailed like the the card uh, cardstock appearance of that show. Yeah. So the game itself is thirty dollars. Okay. And I That's think that fair. so the collector's edition which comes with a the game uh, tarot cards of South Park. Nice. Uh, Cartman's beanie, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> Wizard Cartman knit beanie. Wizard Cartman talking toilet paper holder. So it's like a statue and he ha he's holding his arms out and there's a toilet paper roll that you can presumably put a roll of toilet paper on. And then uh, Snow Globe and the original soundtrack. From what I understand, this is a very expensive, limited uh, collector's edition. I want to say the the amount that I saw was $220. That checks out. THQ Nordic has been doing these more like double A games and then with these massive collector's editions. I remember the SpongeBob, um, I forget the name of it. I reviewed it last year. Jeez. Uh, whatever that SpongeBob game from last year was, the collector's edition was like, wildly expensive like i want to say almost 300 dollars. it is 220 dollars for the south park snow day collector's edition so if you just want the game it's 30 dollars. comes out march 26th uh, i'm just looking at these screenshots yeah i'm not a big fan of the 3d art style on this but who knows maybe it'll end up being a really good game yeah uh the bullet points under key features remind me of like somebody who is trying to remember what this game is <laughs> it says key features and the first bullet point is it's an all new 3d co-op game <laughs> nice cool that's I don't enough know if that's meant to be Sold. humorous or like it yeah but anyway that's coming out march 26th switch and uh all the other platforms that you would imagine it would come to and wes will wrap up the news portion right here uh august 27th of this year is the 30th anniversary of mother 2 or as we know in the west earthbound Hmm. And according to the official Mother Twitter page, 
they have plans for the anniversary of the game. And I know that the uh, creator of Earthbound or Mother and Shigeru Miyamoto are doing like a series of interviews as well. And yeah, uh, I saw something about that. Apparently Miyamoto made the uh, creator cry because he showed him the game story for the first one, Earthbound. And then Miyamoto didn't say anything and left. So the guy went home and cried. <laughs> oh, God, that reminds me of like those uh, Miyazaki from Studio Ghibli stories of like people bringing <laughs> yeah. stuff in and he's just like ruthless towards yeah. them. But I mean, I think it's safe to say that Mother and Earthbound has Miyamoto's respect at this point, especially if Miyamoto's sitting down and doing like a multi-part interview with the guy. Yeah, for sure. But what you know, is, does Miyamoto have involvement with it or was he just like the Nintendo guy at the time? I think so, he's, I mean, well, he's always been the Nintendo guy. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think that, I don't think he has much involvement with it if I'm not mistaken, but uh, what do you think is going to happen here with the anniversary of the game? Because there's two clear options, right? The first one is always going to be Mother 3 Mother localization. Three. Yeah. Which and then, you know, we never got. Yeah, I still don't think that's going to happen. Um, do we have, is Mother 2 playable here? Earthbound well, 2? Earthbound. Just Earthbound. Oh, Earthbound is Mother 2? Yeah. Oh my god. I've never played these games. I just know about them because they are often talked about. Um, Here's the other option, I think. Let's hear it. Nintendo has been all about remaking older games. Yeah. What about a full-on Earthbound remake in the style that like Link's Awakening or Super Mario RPG got, Ooh. where it's kind of like faithful to the original art style, but like updated and obviously modernized? That would be so awesome. That would be really great. Um, do you think, ooh, maybe even a Switch, that could be like a Switch 2, not launch title. That wouldn't be a launch title. I mean, it would but... be a launch title. August 27th is the 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's true. I just wonder, you think, so they announce it then and then it comes out on Switch 2 and next year or the end of this year, if Switch 2 comes out yeah, this I mean, year? Yeah, I mean, hey, I, we're going to do predictions episode next week, I think. <laughs> and I have predictions. And mm. uh, this could be one of them, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, would you check out Earthbound if it was uh, modernized for... Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay. it's uh, It's been on my backlog for a while just because not only is it a game that like this industry talks a lot about and just has like the, the legacy, but um, I've heard it's like really good as well. It's not just like an old game that people loved. It's an old game that holds up really well today and is very unique in Nintendo's catalog of games. I mean, it could use a little bit of modernization in terms of like the gameplay and like the the direction that it gives you. But other than that, you're right. It It is a game that people still love playing today. It's not like just yeah. like nostalgia glasses, I don't think. Hmm. But uh, Wes, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be doing a draft of our most anticipated games of 2024. We will be right back. Now that 2023 is completely behind us, it's time to do what we always do and look forward to the year on the horizon and the greatest that 2024 has to offer. In this main segment, we will be talking about everything that we are excited about. Maybe not everything, because first of all, Nintendo has made a huge shift in recent years on how it releases and announces games. We used to learn about games, look at Metroid Prime 4, a long time before they came out. Now it seems like Nintendo is all about like just telling us about games and then like six months later at most they come out. Like we didn't know about Mario Wonder until Summer Game Fest of last year. Now we, I mean, then it came out in uh, what, October? Yeah. Or, yeah, October. of So that was like a, a four-year gap between announcement of Mario Wonder and release of Mario Wonder. 
four month or not four year. Four months, sorry. Four, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I was I got confused. <laughs> the four year gap actually was Tears of the Kingdom. We learned about yes. that in twenty nineteen and then didn't get it till twenty twenty three. Uh but I think those are fewer and further between. So this is not gonna end up being everything that we are excited about with twenty twenty four because we probably don't know the vast majority of stuff coming out in twenty twenty four. Uh, but we're not going to do this as like as I've done in the recent years or the, the past two years where I just kind of go down the list of like, all right, here's what's coming out January 18th and here's what's coming out January 20th. We're going to do a little bit uh, a little bit of spiciness here. We're going to do a draft just so it's not a dry run down here. So, Wes, we are each going to pick five games and I'm going to bring up a randomizer here and we're going to choose who goes first. So what I want you to do is tell me one or two, basically a heads or tails, and I am going to, we're going to see who goes first. One. It is one. So do you want to go first nice. or do you want to go second? Now, because it's a serpentine style draft, the person who goes second also goes third and then vice versa. So the person who goes fourth will go fifth. I will go, I'll go second. I don't think oh, you'll okay. choose my number one. Okay, so these are only games coming to Switch. And man, there are there's a good amount of games coming to Switch. And yeah. uh, we have to make a ruling here, Wes. Mm -hmm. Does Metroid Prime 4 count on this? It's I have it written down. I think okay. it counts. They said Switch. This is we're, we're still playing the Switch, so they owe us Metroid Prime 4. Now, do we actually think it's coming out this year? Probably not. But dang it, I'm anticipating it. Okay. Well, it's not going to be my number one. I'm actually going to go... Oh, man. There's so many games. I'm just looking at my list here. I'm going to go with Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Ooh. It's my number early one, one pick. That's going to be my number one pick. I played it at PAX West, and I had a really great time with it. It's probably not my... I mean, it's far from my most anticipated game overall in terms of, like, all games. Like, that's probably Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. But in terms of games actually coming to Switch, this looks like one that I will want to pour tens of hours into and uh, really just explore that world, enjoy that combat style, and uh, you know, just kind of enjoy the traversal as well. Because from what I remember, the the way that the prince can bounce around and, and climb the environments and everything is really, really fluid and feels great. So Yeah, 60 FPS on Switch too. Yeah, that's um, impressive. Yeah, 1080p 60fps on dock, I think. Ubisoft put out like a document with, um, uh, or not a document, like a blog with all the different modes and stuff for different consoles. And it's nice to see a Switch game at 1080p 60fps. Yeah, for sure. So that comes out January 18th, and that is my number one pick. Wes, what is your number one pick? My number one pick does not yet have a release date, but it's got to be this year. It has to be. Oh, and it is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, you did. God, I, um, I have a list of all the games that are coming out in 2024 <laughs> and I missed Hollow Knight Silk Song so that you you snuck one in there and that's yeah. I have nobody to blame but myself. I mean, what is more, there more? We don't really even know what this game is really other than a sequel to Hollow Knight with a new character. Um, but we, we know what Hollow Knight is and we know what this game's probably going to play like. Um, at this point, we're all just kind of riding the high of the first Hollow Knight game and what people thought of it. Um and it's almost meme -y now. Actually, it's not almost like a meme. It definitely is a meme. Uh, every Nintendo Direct, every Indie World Showcase, every Xbox, whatever, PlayStation, like 
the the chat on YouTube and Twitch is just silk song, silk song, no silk song, blah blah blah. Like it's time. It's been I don't even know how long years and years since they announced that it was coming. Um, no word from the team at all, really, other than like we're working on it. I, it's got to be this year, right? It has to be. Yeah, I mean, it would be crazy if it is not this year, especially since it was supposed to come out last summer. Yeah. I, and then they delayed it. So it would be wild if it was more than a one-year delay. I would imagine it's going to come out at some point this summer, at the very latest this fall. But then again, we've been waiting for this game for so long. But yeah, yeah. it is. I feel like it's the most anticipated game for a lot of people. And that's that's a good number two overall pick because, man, I missed that one. <laughs> Yay. So that means you get your second pick now. My second pick is probably the one I'm personally most excited for, and that is Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door uh, Remake or Remaster, whatever it is. Um, it's not an easy game to play today uh, in terms of like finding it and having a place to play it. I think you need to still have a Wii U or a Wii maybe. Um, I've never played it, but a lot of my friends love it. My be- It's like my best friend's favorite game. Um, and I've been wanting to play it for a while, and I'm very excited to do so on Switch. Uh, and people say it's like probably the best Paper Mario, so that's exciting. Yeah, that was very high on my list as well. I've actually never played a Paper Mario game aside from Me either. Uh, Super Paper Mario, the one on Wii that was like kind of like a pseudo platformer. Mm, I played okay. a good amount of that, and that was really fun. But I hear Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is uh, the best of all of them, and yeah. people are very hyped about that. So those are two very good picks. We don't have release dates for either of those games. Um, so we don't know exactly when your first two picks will be playable, but presumably Hollow Knight Silk Song will be 2024. And we know Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door will be 2024, unless, Mar- or unless Mario, unless Nintendo really delays it. Yeah. Ah, man, speaking of Nintendo, my next two picks are first party Nintendo. I am going to go with my number two pick, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Ooh, nice. Typing that in there. That comes out February 16th. I am super excited for this one. I loved um, the only Mario versus Donkey Kong game I've ever played was the Wii U version, Tipping Stars. And that was kind of like you set off these automated robots to you. you Like you would set up the the course. Like it was like an obstacle course or a puzzle obstacle course. And you kind of had to set it up so that they could automatically walk through the level and you'd get like bounced around and eventually you'd collect all the stars in the level and then you'd reach the goal. This, I believe you are controlling the character directly. So yeah. it's not all about like passive gameplay. It's more active gameplay. And I love like the puzzle elements of that game. And I'm really excited to check this out. Is so it a com- remake of like the original one or anything? They've been kind of nebulous about this. Like they, yeah. it looks like it is a remake, but I don't think they've outright said it is a remake. I mean, it's probably, I wonder if it's just like a, something they don't need to touch on too much. Cause I don't think that series is super popular anyway. So like remake might actually harm it a bit. Um, as compared to just saying like, this is a new Mario versus Donkey Kong game, but yeah, it's weird how they've, I've, I've seen some people be like, this is definitely a remake. Like I, I know the original it game is. and I, and okay, like, it is the word, the wording used is the rivalry that originally heated up on the Game Boy Advance system reignites okay. on the Nintendo Switch with newly added co-op play and added visuals or updated visuals. So that I has to many, be a remake. I love how many words they use to not say remake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it looks great. I mean, Mario and Donkey Kong are having a, a good stretch here of it being like their rivalry again. 
where, you know, Donkey Kong and Mario haven't been rivals for quite some time now, but it sure seems like with uh, the Mario movie and now this, they're kind of bringing that back into the forefront. Yeah. So that comes out February 16th. And my third pick, my number three over my number three pick, not overall, uh, my number three pick is going to be Princess Peach Showtime. Yeah. This one looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, a bunch of costumes that change her job and her, her job title or whatever and her uh, her abilities. And I'm excited for Kung Fu Peach. I think that looks like a lot of fun. And I'm excited to see like how creative they get after we saw Mario Odyssey kind of taking on a similar idea where his outfit or whatever he captured kind of dictated what his abilities were. Yeah. So looking forward to kind of further exploring those transformations through princess peach, especially since now she has been expanded so much as a character through the Mario movie. And like for a lot of younger people, that is the version of princess peach that they know. They don't know the damsel in distress that we've had for almost 40 years. Now they know the princess peach that's here to throw down and was better at platforming than Mario before Mario (laughs) learned how to platform. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see how they further explore her as a character now and also her abilities and make her this, this really great video game protagonist. So that is my number three pick. That comes out March 22nd. Oh, yeah. I forgot that so soon. That's a good pick. I'm excited. It looks great. And um, I'm really excited for the music, too. I like when Nintendo does these games that have different themed worlds like Mario Odyssey because you get to hear like so much different types of music. Um and Nintendo pretty much always crushes it when it comes to music. Uh, so good pick. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so that is my number three. What is your number three? My number three is a game I have played some of because I previewed it, um, and it is Penny's Big Breakaway, um, a little yes. a little platformer from the team behind, uh, well, not the team behind Sonic Mania because they were working with Sega and they spun off into their own studio, um, which is now Evening Star. But yeah, it's their first game. It's an original IP uh, they did not do the Easy Layup, which is a Sonic Mania-esque platformer with a new character that's not Sonic. Instead, they are tackling the weird PS1-inspired 3D platforming genre. And I got to play the game for about two to three hours, pretty much the opening three worlds. And I wrote about it in issue 362, I think. Mm-hmm. The which Final is Fantasy the Fantasy VII cover. Yeah, our current issue. So go ahead and pick that up because you get to read about Penny's Big Breakaway and you get probably one of our most gorgeous covers in a long time. It's it's so good. Um, but yeah, this game, it's awesome. The T-Lope score is great. Uh, and this team knows what they're doing, no surprise. And um, I can't wait to play it. It's a fun, unique 3D platformer, and it's one that Nintendo's not making. And I'm always you know excited to see what non-Nintendo teams can do uh, in that genre. Especially with the pedigree they have with Sonic Mania. Like They've already yeah. showed they understand how to make a great platformer. So I'm, I'm yeah. very excited to see Christian Whitehead and his team tackle another genre of platformers because like we've seen him work within the Sonic franchise for so long. Because not only did he do Sonic Mania, he also did a lot of the ports of the classic mm-hmm. Sonic games. That's kind of where he cut his teeth was creating an engine where those original games could kind of like flourish on modern systems. Like he did a lot of the mobile ports. He did, I think, the Xbox Live Arcade ports. So he really understands how to make a great, um, great platformer within the, the constructs of the Sonic franchise. I'm excited to see them spread their wings and try this one out. So Yeah, I mean, it's a 3D platformer inspired by weird PS1 games, which is cool. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Devil May Cry. Like, that's 
just throw all those into a pot and then you let this team make it, that's going to be a great, great game. I'm very excited. And it's um coming soon. I think they said in the first half of 2024 or something like that. I don't remember, but um, definitely 2024, and I'm very excited. The interesting trend that I'm seeing right now, we'll see how this, let me, let me see what your number four pick is because we might <laughs> be very close to having this trend fulfilled. Well, let's see. Let's What's see. Your number, four? number four is, I know this one's probably not on your list. Um, Deca police by no, it's not. level five, I think is the developer's name. I'm blanking on it. Um, this was shown in, I want to say the most recent Nintendo direct or maybe the one before that. But it gave me big Astral Chain vibes, which uh, I'm in the top 1% of Astral Chain fans on this earth. I love that game, and I'm, this has no relation to it at all. Totally different developer, but it gave me those vibes. And then I'm watching the trailer, and I've been watching like developer interviews and stuff, and the game looks great. You're basically in this like futuristic cyberpunk city, and you're like a team of investigators, and you go into like a VR world to do different investigations, um, and it's like one part, a cool looking, like uh, turn-based ish RPG. And then another part, like investigations where you're putting clues together and, and mapping uh, crime scenes out. And it just looks great. And I love the art style and it's something different and unique. And I'm very excited to check it out. Uh, there's not much gameplay out there beyond what was shown in the direct. Um, so I'm still like, you know, I still want to see more, but what I've seen so far uh, is enough. I'm, I'm very excited. I definitely see the inspiration you're talking about with Astral Chain. I remember yeah. seeing this on the Nintendo Direct now that you mentioned it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it does look pretty cool. It was not on my list, but it it is one <laughs> that I think that I understand why people are excited for it. Yeah. Well, Wes, the trend that I mentioned has remained true to this point, where all of my games have stern release dates prince of persia january 18th <laughs> mario vs donkey kong february 16th princess peach showtime march 22nd and your picks to this point hollow knight silk song paper mario thousand year door penny's big breakaway and deca police have no firm release dates but with my last two picks unfortunately that will change because mm. my last two picks do not have firm release dates i'm gonna go metroid prime 4 uh, to be clear, that was number five on my list, so I was going to keep the trend going, but you I will were. break the trend now to, for my n- new entry. Well, Metroid Prime 4, the only reason it's not higher on my list is because we just don't know for sure if it's going to come out in 2024, so I feel like it got docked a couple points there. Yeah. But, I mean, if they said, like, yep, this is coming 2024 for sure, it probably would have been my number one overall pick. Yeah. But it's just kind of like one of those weird, like, uh, is it coming, is it not? And uh, so... You know, we don't know hardly anything about it aside from that shortly after it was announced and re- like revealed to the public. Uh, I think within a year of that, development was restarted with uh, Retro Studios. Yeah. And since then, we've got Metroid Prime Remastered, which again, maybe the best like remaster, not remake, because it was not a full-on remake, but best remaster we've gotten in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroid Prime 4 uh hopefully we get two and three kind of like in a collection of some sort but we'll see i i'm hoping that four is kind of like the modern fps that we've all been craving from this franchise because that would be really amazing if we could get some sort of sign of life if nothing else from this franchise how confident are you like one through 100 percent that we're getting this game this year <sighs> i mean 70 percent 
Wow, really? Okay, cool. That's. I think that they've got to get it out. I, maybe my maybe another prediction that uh, I don't want to spoil too much of next week's show is that this will be a cross generation game, kind of like Ooh, Breath okay. of the Wild was. Yeah, yeah. Because they I already announced that. that this game was coming to Switch, and yeah. they don't like to cancel SKUs. It seems. Was it at the Switch announcement, the the couch presentation I'm thing? Pretty sure it was announced. <sighs> uh, I think alongside Bayonetta three, like it was. Those were both announced the same day if i'm not mistaken but i could be wrong there i know it was very early it might have been the e3 after or bayonetta um, 3 was a game awards wasn't it or was that first gameplay oh, i don't God, remember no it's but all it has blended been together 2017 so. it was 2017 for sure with metroid prime 4 they i, I want to say it was actually the nintendo direct at e3 2017 so after the switch had come out i think that they announced metroid prime 4 at that nintendo direct but i could not Mm. i could not be less confident in that (laughs) um so that's my number four pick and then my number five pick oh man there's some there's some good ones here i do want to give some shout outs we'll do that after you pick your final one i'm gonna go with oh man there's two that i'm really really bouncing between i'm gonna go with contra operation galuga Ooh, okay it's way forward developing it. I read an interview over on Nintendo Life. They're saying a lot of the right stuff about what this game is going to be. It's it's a loose remake of the first Contra on NES, which yeah. is very near and dear to my heart. I still remember that was one of the first video games I ever played with my uncle. And it's just a, a great side-scrolling run-and-gun game. And if they could... If WayForward, who is a very good developer can nail the feeling that Contra should have. This could be like kind of the start of this franchise's revitalization because it's been in a rough, rough patch, uh, but not only a rough patch, but also a non-existent state for a while. We got a uh, rogue core, which was not good at all. And then we got yeah. uh, some other games before that, that just weren't up to the standard it, it's it's had a very difficult transition to the modern gaming landscape so i really hope that operation galuga is kind of like the sonic mania of contra where it's like okay this is the best contra game in years and now we know like a direction for this franchise like sonic mania came out it was the best sonic game in years and then like the developers even if they didn't continue on with the Sonic Mania team, they saw that like, okay, people really want like a well-designed 2d game that, uh, that uses like kind of like the, the retro physics. And then we got Sonic superstars, which wasn't as good as Sonic Mania, but it was still better than what we were getting before. I'm hoping that this is kind of the start of that where Contra operation Galuga comes out. It's a really good game. And now the developers know what fans want from it. Yeah. I have my number five pick. I think I had a Contra on SNES and mm-hmm. um, I don't remember getting past the first level. I just remember playing it often. And well, they're also saying that because Contra is notoriously difficult. Yes. And yeah. they're saying that they're going to have several difficulty options for players of all skill levels. So hmm. that's also very appealing to me because I also ran into that with some of the, especially on like the 16-bit era where it was like, oh my God, this game just absolutely decimates me whenever i try to do anything so yeah i'm looking for i mean i got a little bit further with the nes contra when i was a kid because it was not nearly as punishing but you know operation galuga looks really good They're, the developers talking a lot of really 
uh, saying a lot of the right stuff in like their design approach and how they're like honoring the feeling of the original, but also like making sure that it feels good in like a modern setting. So I am very excited about that. And I don't think you're going to pick my other one that I was going between, but I'll, we'll do shout outs and honorable mentions after you pick your final one. So I broke the trend of having firm release dates on all of mine with Metroid Prime 4 and Contra Operation Galuga. Wes, you have one pick left. What is it? It is going to be another Crab's Treasure, which actually my continues list. my trend. <laughs> yeah, you don't um, have don't a single has... firm release date. Yeah, um, I like the mystery and the allure of 2024. Uh, I love Souls-like games, which is no surprise. Um, and this one looks uh, fun and unique. Uh, you play as a crab underwater who is just trying to survive in the, uh, the uh, aquatic kingdom. And um, yeah, I've, I got to see it at Summer Games Fest uh, last year, and it looks great. The team's really cool. Um, and I don't know, not much more to say about it. I love Souls-likes, and this is a different take on it, one that's not going to give me nightmares, and I'm excited for it. <laughs> I think this looks just like a silly goose game. Yeah, but I it think it, it looks like it's going to be very fun. <laughs> yeah, the team the team knows that they have a really good um, Twitter account. If you want to follow a funny gaming account, they uh, are very very quick with the memes, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you you got to respect the meme game if it's if it's strong, right? You got to, yeah. All right, well, so we have our five here. I'll, we'll run it down. Mine was Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, Mario versus Donkey Kong, Princess Peach Showtime. Metroid Prime 4, and Contra Operation Galuga. Wes, you had Hollow Knight Silk Song, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, Penny's Big Breakaway, Decca Police, and Another Crab's Treasure. Yeah. Uh, here's some other games I just want to shout out uh, since we're not going to go into depth about them. Uh, Animal Well, Little Kitty yeah. Big City, Ooh. Rugrats Adventures in Game Land, which uh, oh, basically yeah. uh, Limited Run is working with, um, uh, I think it's called Wall Ride is the developer, and they're making an NES-style Rugrats game. And there's actually an NES version that you can plug in or you can put into an NES and it works. It's a cartridge. That's so awesome. But if you're playing on modern consoles, you can swap between NES visuals and uh, modern visuals. That's very cool. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Unicorn Overlord is one that I think that a lot of people yeah. are very excited about. That's from VanillaWare, the developer behind 13 Sentinels, Dragon's Crown, uh, Odin Sphere. So there's a lot of really high enthusiasm surrounding that. Uh, Rift of the Necrodancer. Mm. Blazing Strike is another one. That's a, a 2D kind of homage to Street Fighter 3. And I've I've worked with that the the developer behind that a lot. And he really gets like 2D fighters. And he I've played a, an unreleased build of it. And uh yeah, it it's more and more promising. I think it's been scheduled for release for the past four years so that's why i didn't end up picking it is because it's just will it ever come out is the question at this point because it's just taken forever um another code recollection the plucky squire and botany manor mm. so those are the ones that i wanted to shout out are there any that i missed that you wanted to call out before we wrap up here yeah just a few um demon school which is a persona-esque uh oh, indie right. rpg coming out it's like half visual novel half rpg that comes out in I'm seeing online Q2 2024. Uh, it was at Summer Games Fest, I think, last year. Mm -hmm. um, one of those shows, and it just looks great. Seems like a fun time. Uh, Luigi's Mansion's Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Um, I like the Luigi's Mansion games. I did not play two because that was on. Uh, was that the 3DS one or two? Or uh, Luigi's two? Mansion Two was the 3DS one. It was originally yes, called yeah. Dark Moon. 
Yes, that's right. Now they're just calling it Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which whatever, that's fair. I'm excited for that. And then this one doesn't have like a hard release date or even like a window, um, but Dragon's Quest 2 uh, remake, uh, HD remake, I forget what they call it officially. I don't even know if it's like for sure coming out this year, but um, I just want that game. It looks great. Yeah, I mean, those are all great picks. I... I mean, we don't know so much about what 2024 has for us, and it's already like, how am I going to play all these games? Yeah. Also, What's your Pepper number Grinder. one? Oh, yeah. Oh, Pepper. Uh, where have I seen that before? That's like the little platformer one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What were you going to um, ask me? I was going to ask you outside of uh or maybe switch included like what's your number one most anticipated game of 2024 oh man it's got to be final fantasy 7 rebirth yeah but like i'm too. also <laughs> stoked for like a dragon infinite wealth yeah that's soon um yeah that's very soon that's the thing though is like so many games are either announced for 2025 like gta 6 it's like all right well that's coming in 2025 or they're coming but, out before March. Or they're coming out before March. We don't know yeah. so much about like March to December of this year. And it's like, I, I feel like we're going to get probably get a Nintendo Direct sometime in February, if I had to guess, because that's typically yeah. when they've been doing them lately. We'll learn a lot about this first half of 2024. And then, you know, there's probably going to be a state of play or like something else. Then we're going to hear about the rest of 2024 at summer game fest I, I keep wanting to say e3 but e3 is dead um, officially yeah. officially so we can't even say like e3 time frame summer game fest time frame and then like gamescom will be kind of like rounding it out so it's like hard to like really even put my like flag in anything but it's got to be final fantasy 7 rebirth yeah this first quarter is is is, is pretty wild um tekken 8 uh, infinite wealth uh, persona 3 reload and that's rebirth. up there that, too that right there is like i don't know what 300 hours of game to play <laughs> like that could that they could end 2024 and i'd be playing games just fine i mean um, honestly so I'm, like, ex I'm excited for suicide squad uh kill the justice oh, yeah, league as kill, well yeah i'm not uh, i'm excited for the story because i love rocksteady's uh dc stories i'm not sold on the gameplay i haven't um played it but i know you know people that played the alpha who ignored nda's tweeted out their thoughts and said they enjoyed playing it mm -hmm. um which is funny if you sign an nda with a big company like warner bros i would recommend not uh breaking it but that's just that's just <laughs> my non-professional legal advice um but yeah i'm excited to see how that shapes out i forgot that's a that's another big hitter this year here's a few others that i'm just scrolling through our 2024 release date which by the way you can find at gameinformer.com slash 2024 uh foam stars Oh yeah, Foam That's Stars fun. is better than you think. I played it at Summer Game Fest and I legitimately had a good time. I had a great time with it at PAX West. Um, Hyperlight Breaker, I love Hyperlight Ooh, Drifter. Yeah. Hyperlight Breaker uh, is alleged to come out in 2024 at some time. Um, man, I'm just like scrolling through here and seeing what else is on the list that's like not given a, a release. Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Ooh, yeah. I was going to say Xbox and PlayStation especially owe, owe players like a direct or something. Like a you know, some kind of, here's what we got coming out this year. Because um, I know, like, we don't know too much about Xbox. Maybe Avowed, maybe Sinua Saga. Um, and PlayStation. Fable, maybe? Fable, oh gosh, Fable would be incredible. This holiday season, please. Um, and PlayStation, we don't know really anything coming out. I mean, Death Stranding 2 is being developed, but that's not first party technically other than that 
I don't know. Like Switch, Nintendo and Switch are doing the best in, in terms of telling players what they're playing this year, by far. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the the I got to think that there's a reason for that, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Wes, I think that's a decent look ahead at 2024. What we know about 2024. Uh, if you're a listener to this episode and you want to let me know what you're most excited for, you can hit me up all things Nintendo at GameInformer.com. We are going to take our final break of this episode. When we get back, we're going to do a quick eShop Gem of the Week segment. We will be right back. We are back, and we're going to close out the show with eShop Gem of the Week. We haven't done one of these in a while, but Wes, you had one that you were excited to talk about. So what is your eShop Gem of the Week? Yeah, my eShop Gem of the Week is a game called What the Golf? Um, it was a, I want to say an Apple Arcade launch title yeah, way back when. Yeah, it was. Um, but it's on Switch now, and um, it's just a great game. It's uh, It was so good that after my trial for Apple Arcade ended, I bought a subscription to it because I wanted to keep playing it. Um, it's basically a, it's a golf game, as the name would imply, but uh, what starts as a golf game like quickly becomes this weird, wacky, zany, almost like golf platformer where you your goal is always to get the ball in the hole, but it, it quickly jumps from like, oh, normal golf courses to this is wild, what am I doing, to the point where like sometimes your goal is to get the golf club into the hole instead of the yeah. ball. <laughs> um, and it's just a lot of fun. It's got a very cute, fun art style. There's tons of levels, like dozens and dozens of levels. Um, it will give you plenty of game to play. Um, and it's a great time. It's a, uh, it's a good reminder too, that I need to check out their, uh, uh, kind of like pseudo sequel to it. I think called what the car or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, when I was upgrading to my, cause that's Apple arcade as well. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, so. and I haven't yet checked it out, but I've heard good things and I, I know this people like this team a lot, so I'm sure it's great. I want to say that like that was one of the ones that when I was stuck in an Apple store without the use of my phone for three hours, Oh god! Uh, when I was upgrading my my iPhone 13 to an iPhone 15, this is like two months ago now, three months ago, I was just watching the sizzle reel of like Apple Arcade games that have come out in the last year or two on repeat. And I think What the Car was one of them that they were featured. And I was like, oh, it looks good. I should check that out if I ever get my phone again. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's a, uh, I, I forgot to look up the price, but I can't imagine it's much. I'm going to guess $10. $20. Oh, $20. Okay. I still think $20 is totally fine. And they added more content um, after its release. So like there's a good bit of game to play there. Yeah. And it came out on Switch in 2020. I believe Apple Arcade was 2019, but I could be wrong there. That sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, What the Golf, I played it on Apple Arcade and I had a really good time with it. So I I actually added it when you were talking about it to my Switch wish list because I want to see how it plays on switch like with like the tactile controls instead of the touch screen yeah i'm sure it'll be pretty interesting because the touch screen does make a lot of sense you're kind of just pulling back the ball and shooting it forward but i'm sure it feels great on joysticks too yeah so what the golf twenty dollars on the eShop. wes thank you so much for joining me for this episode yeah thanks for having me and thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, throw all things Nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on social media at Brian P. Shea. You can also join the Game Informer community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month. Wes, where can people find you on the internet? 
You can find me at LeBlancWest on Twitter. You can find me at Wesley LeBlanc pretty much everywhere else, like Instagram or Threads or Blue Sky. I am going to try to do better with those this year because Twitter just continues to suck a lot. Um, most importantly, you can find my writing on GameInformer.com, and you can sometimes hear my voice on podcasts like this or The Game Informer Show or on things like reviews or NGTs on uh, Game Informer's YouTube channel. That is our show for this week. Thank you all again so much for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time.